You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So last week I started a series uh, titled PG that stood for uh, Parental Guidance Needed and uh, started, kicked off the series with something that's really so important to all of us and that's understanding that God had made, has made parents very important. In fact, parents, you're needed in every season of life. We talked about that. And so I, I asked the question, how many of you in here our parents, and uh, so let's start with that again. How many of you are parents in here? Anyone parents? How many of you have had a parent? <laughs> okay, the rest of you are, are are just fibbing, right? And so, parenting has progressed, especially as we look at at, at uh, movies, as we look at television. Um, before, uh, when I was growing up, I used to watch reruns. <laughs> Notice I say that? I used to watch reruns of, of this, uh, this sitcom that was called Leave It to Beaver, right? <laughs> and, and so the Cleavers were kind of the, the, this nuclear family, this, this, this normality of how, how families should be. And, and some of you that are millennials in here, you're like, what in the world is that? You know, Leave It, leave it to Beaver. But progressively, we've seen how families, especially as they're portrayed, have changed. Um, I remember another sitcom that was a story of a man named Brady. And he, uh, he had uh, three boys of his own, right? And, and so then we saw this uh, Brady bunch that, that came into uh, kind of our homes. And it was two, uh, two families that blended together. And we'll be talking about blended families today. We'll be talking about the importance of how, how, do, we, how do we navigate through uh, a blended family. But from, from this Brady Bunch, um, which really kind of operated in a, in a positive way, you would see how, how the dad and the mom would work together and, and the, the housekeeper, Alice, you know, she'd give good advice and things like that. But progressively, we have seen how that has changed. And then there was a family that came in. They were called the Bundys. Right, and the Bundys were just dysfunctional to the core, right? And and they did everything, everything that the norm would tell you. You don't do these things in a family, right? And 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 really, it's penetrated, it's permeated uh, family life to the point that I think that uh, sometimes you think that this is normal, right? The dysfunction of a family is normal, and and you see the craziness. And if you haven't seen Married uh, with Children, then uh, I, I feel for you, you know. But watch it so you can see what I'm talking about. And, and my wife is going, don't watch it. But I'm, we need to know what's, what's, what people are watching because this is what people are. And then we go from there. And, and recently, there's this uh, sitcom. And it's about, uh, let me just kind of give you the precursor. It's about a, a, a mom that's raising her two kids. And she's got uh, her mother living with her with them while well, her mother's a recovering drug addict 
and, and the mom is a recovering addict as well. And so she's navigating through life, and, and they've got all these issues in their home, and, and you just see this being played out every, every week. And, and the, 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 the sitcom is, is titled Mom. Any, any of you seen this? You're not going to raise your hand in church, right? I'm, I don't watch that stuff. and oh, Whatever, right? And, and, and here's, here's what I want you to know. Smile at me, please. Here's what I want you to know is that, that all of us, all, there's every person in here, you fit into uh, one of these categories. Maybe not perfectly, but you fit into one of these uh, family dynamics. For example, maybe you've been married uh, since you got out of high school and you've been married with a, or out of college and you've been married with the same person, kind of like the Cleavers. And you had dinner together, and, and that's amazing. That's a wonderful thing. You have dinner together. You talk about things. And, and, or, or maybe you're like the, the Brady Bunch, right? You, you, you came into a relationship, and you, ha- you brought in two tribes, right? You, they weren't even a family. They were tribes, and you brought them together. And the reason I'm saying that is you're going to hear a testimony to that reality. Uh, so you may be in here, and, and, and so we're going to be speaking about that today. Or, or maybe you're um, maybe like the, the, the Bundys, and, and you, maybe you were raised, okay? Maybe you were raised in a dysfunctional home where the norm was chaos. And so when you came into a family dynamic, um, what they're, what you, the only thing you knew was chaos. And so your family, chaotic was normal. I've talked to, to uh, uh, married couples before. I've talked to individuals that are struggling in a relationship. And I said, your normality is not normal. Your chaos, is, is, that's not the normal way of, 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 of life. That's not what God has called us to or maybe you're sitting here today and you've come out of a, a, a drug uh, addiction. Maybe, maybe you're, you're a single mom or a single dad and, and you've come out of addiction, whether it's uh, drugs, uh, uh, recreational drugs, maybe prescription drugs, uh, maybe alcohol, whatever it may be. And you came out of this, this addiction and, uh, and you're single and you're trying to navigate. In fact, you may be even in the process of, of going through uh, some kind of a uh, uh, helps program. You might be, th- this mom series is them meeting after uh, uh, Narcotics Anonymous and, all, and AA. And so they, they go to their group and they meet for lunch and dinner. And when you, what you hear communicated is exactly what's going on in real life. And so you may be in here today, and, and you've, you're coming out of that life. You, you had substance abuse. You had some kind of abuse, and, and, and you're, you're just, just trying to overcome what that norm has done to your life. But here, here's what I want you to know. Is that with Jesus Christ, there's hope. No matter where you're at. With Jesus Christ, there's restoration, there's healing, there's an ability to overcome the past, the brokenness, the things that we, that we struggle with. And, and, and maybe you guys that I'm talking to today, maybe you don't have struggles in your marriage. I'll be talking to myself and to second service 
and to the Copper Corridor. But I know that God has had to do major work in mine and Shauna's life. You know, he had to do major, major uh, overhauls in our marriage, which then began to go into our parenting. And what I have found is that a lot of times that there are walls that are, that are put up, right, and they divide. And so as we talk today about blended families, has anyone in here uh, been impacted by a blended family? You know, you just you know a blended family. You're a part of a blended family. You know, just so 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 blended families. Um, one of the things that happens and is very common is there's division because two families come together and every every one of them have a certain way of doing things, right? And when things aren't done the way that they think they should be done, there's a wall that goes up. And they say, we have, we, we have never done this this way, and we don't want to do it this way. And, and so as, as you navigate through the difficulty of that, then you begin to, to see there's help that's needed. And the help that we need is, is, is God. And so the Lord took me to a, to a, a, a passage that has to do with the, the, the unifying of, of, of two people groups. It has to do with the unifying of, of the Gentiles with uh, the, the, the Jews and how, how God, through Jesus, and us coming to Christ, there's been a merging and we become one. Where there was enmity and hostility in, 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 this, in, this, uh, in this people group, now there's a oneness where we're able to love one another. We can go to Guatemala and love people that are not like us through the love of Jesus. We can go to, to Israel and, and love people that are not like us. Jesus is a common thread. So I thought, wouldn't this be wonderful for marriage that because God has that much power, because Jesus has that much power to unify, couldn't he do this in marriage? Here's a scripture, Ephesians 2.14. It says he, for he, that's Jesus, for, for because of Jesus himself, he's our peace. Who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, which is the dividing wall of hostility. The div- div- dividing wall of enmity, dividing wall of anger and hatred. I don't know about you, but what I see is I see a lot of anger, a lot of hatred in our world. I was watching the news, and, and I don't watch a lot of news, but I was watching it the other day. In fact, you can ask Sean. I said, babe, you need to watch this. There were two pastors that were on this news uh, 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 interview, and they had met with the president recently, and they had a lot of backlash because they met with the president. They were African-American. And their whole, the whole heart of one of the pastors, both of them, were saying, all we want to do is help those people that need help. And they were getting backlash from, from their own ethnicity because of, of the stance that they took. And I'm not saying that it's, it's uh, uh, one side or the other. It's, it, you see this all over the place. You see the hatred, the hostility, the brokenness, the walls that are placed and, and you see it more and more in the home. 
where there's these walls that are placed and this hatred and this anger and this hostility and you bring two families together and one family, one side hates the other side. And the only one that can help is Jesus. So I put together three uniting principles in a blended family. And here's, here's one amazing thing. That in these principles, I'm going to weave the testimony of a family that I had the privilege and the honor of, of doing their, their wedding. I've done a lot of weddings. Done, you know, done a lot of premarital counseling. And I've done a lot of postmarital counseling. And I've never had anyone in premarital counseling in the, in, that are going to get married that say, I don't love this person anymore. Never had that before they got married. <laughs> it's amazing what happens six months later. This is not the person that I wanted to, that I was going to marry. I don't know what happened to. Her. I don't love them anymore. And so there's this family that this this couple that they came in with with a blended family, and I did uh, premarital counseling with them and. and you don't have to worry because it's not any of you, and it's not anyone in second service, and it won't be anyone at the copper. I actually uh, did, a, uh, did a, a wedding for a, a couple that sought me out from the valley, from Phoenix, and, and I, did, uh, I did this wedding for them. And so six months after that, uh, I got a phone call or a text message saying, we need help, SOS, we're not going to make it. <laughs> And the reality was because of, of their, the, the blended uh, dynamics that, that were occurring. But I reached out to them after, you know, after they reached out to me, God did a miracle in their life because that's what God does. Let me just say that. God is a restoring and he's a unifying God and he's able to, to help us overcome whatever challenges that we're facing in, in, in any marriage, any dynamics. And so uh, they're doing fantastic, and he's, uh, he, he just got uh, uh, upgraded to a captain in, the, in one of the uh, fire departments there in, in, in the valley, and she's a, a, an administrative assistant to a big, big uh, uh, CEO there in, 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 in the valley. They're, they've done very well professionally, but their marriage was struggling. So this is what I want you to know, that marriage doesn't affect only people that are, that are struggling that are down and out. You can be doing very well professionally and your marriage can be struggling. In fact, some of you in here, there may be someone in here that you're struggling in your marriage and, and people think you have a great marriage. <laughs> you, ever, you ever counsel people about marriage and your marriage is struggling? <laughs> so, so we're going to see exactly what, what, what the Lord will, will show us from this. He, here are the three principles. Number one, the first principle, this is vital, and if you're not married, take notes. If you want to get married, take notes, because you need to know this for your relationship that you're moving into one of these days, right? The first uh, principle is trust. And, and here's how I want to start out with trust. Trusting that God's design for marriage is a lot better than yours. 
trusting that God's ways in marriage and, and his blueprint is going to make your marriage work. Let me tell you what the greatest temptation the devil will throw at you and me, and we have it every daily. The greatest temptation that the devil will throw at you, the dart that you'll see every day, is that your way is better than God's. You might not speak it, but you live it. Are you with me? You might not say, my way is better than God, but you live your life completely contrary to God's design. You live your life and you do things that are completely contrary to God's design. So the biggest temptation that every single one of us face is thinking that we're going to do marriage the way that we think is going to work best. And it's opposite of God. And what you find out is that nothing that is opposite of God will ever work in the long haul. It will work temporarily. It will work for a little while. So I, I, I sent, uh, I sent this, uh, this text to this couple, and I said, okay, okay guys, I, I want, because you guys, your marriage is doing so well, and I see what God's doing. Let me just preface with this. So when they came and sat with me, okay, she was a Christian, and her, and her fiancé was an atheist. We're in church, so everyone's going to go, oh, my goodness. But he was a cute atheist. <laughs> he was a cute atheist. He's a buffed crossfitter. You know, crossfit. I mean, he came into the room, and I was like, whoa, dude, you, you're looking good. And so as they went into this marriage, you know, he has a very good career. He's doing well. She's got a good career. She's a believer in Christ, but he's not. So what does that mean? That means that he doesn't even know the design that God has for them in marriage. He has no idea. Everything that he did to hint in his life was his routine. It was the way that he did life. And so as they went into this relationship, in the dating process, girls take note, boys take note. If you're not married, take note of this. In the dating process is where you develop trust. Not in your marriage. In your dating, you begin to understand, is this guy trustworthy? Is this girl trustworthy? And so she wrote to me. She said, good morning, Pastor. She says, um, my two top blended family challenges are this. She said, in the dating process, she said, when the boyfriend or girlfriend does not have a solid place or a rightful place with their boyfriend or girlfriend as a result of lack of boundaries and inappropriate relationship with their child. What is she saying? What is she saying is that the inappropriateness and the boundaries are that this child came first to him and she was second in her eyes, in her perception. And so blended families, you come in with this dynamic that my child is first and my, I have to take care of my child. And that is very true. 
But when you're going into a marriage, it you find, what you find out is that in a marriage, you become one. Not 1 1.2, not 1.3, not 1.4, not 1.5. Our responsibility to our children is to raise them up to leave. That's the truth. That's God's design. And some of you guys have never raised your children up to leave. You have a 1.2 relationship or a one point, you bring grandkids, 1.3, 4, 5, 6. She said, I, I, I just can't take it that, that this, this relationship is so unbalanced. It's so inappropriate. There's no boundaries that are put up. But it didn't, it don't, it didn't only work with, with, his, with his daughter because he didn't know any better, but it also did not he didn't have the proper boundaries with his ex. There's another dynamic. You want to keep good relationships with your ex because you want for things to go well. So you have this relationship and this new relationship that you're going into. They're like, oh, hold it. Why are you talking nice to her? She's the wicked witch of the East. In your mindset, right? She said dealing with the ex was her second major challenge. And she wrote how this is handled is a game changer for the relationship. How you handle. Let's talk about this. What if you're dishonest and you, you, you're talking to your ex and, you're, and you're, you're, your wife, your husband says, have you been talking to her? Uh, well, yeah. Why didn't you tell me? What are you guys talking about? How come, why are you keeping things from me? She said, bottom line, having boundaries with ex and with child is crucial to create a successful blended family. Of course, Priority number one is being on the same page and both turning to God for help will ensure counsel, comfort, and strength to get through a long and painful journey. I love her honesty. I love her honesty. Can I tell you that nuclear families, you know, biological families, there's trouble? Pastor, how do you know that? I have one. Blended families, there's trouble, there's pain, there's work. You go into a third marriage, can I tell you what? Triple. It's like a triple uh, sandwich. I'm not saying that it cannot be done. I'm just saying let's really, let's be honest about it. So she said, it, it, only with God, only with God can, can you have the counsel, the comfort, the strength to get you through a, a, a long and painful, painful journey. And, and so she, she went on to share it more clarity, to state it more, more clearly. Uh, she said this, because I texted her, I said, help me with that first one. Help me to understand that. And she said this, she said, both people in the relationship, they need to feel secure. See, when, you, when you're not secure, you don't have trust. Did you know that? 
When you don't have security in a relationship, you don't have trust. However, after, no, let me go back, uh, need to feel secure in their rightful place. Obviously, the level of this depends on the length and seriousness of the relationship. In other words, if you're only dating a short time, both people may not uh, be first in each other's lives. However, after marriage, the spouse needs to be number one below God, of course. She's got a right perspective. Amen? Take notes. If you're not married, take notes. I had a lot of major insecurities in my relationship with my husband because he always put his daughter first in decisions that should only have been made between the two spouses. And one of the things, and even if you have a, a, a biological family, if you're making decisions with your kids without including your spouse, you're doing something wrong. Your job is to have them grow up to understand that you and your husband, you and your wife are one, not 1.2, because your job is to have them leave. If you don't have them leave, it's not God's design. If they're still in your, in your, in your marriage and they're, and they're 30 years old, that's not God's design. She said, um, this, is something, this is something that you, this is when, we, when I counseled with them, this is something you worked with us on. And once my husband put me in my rightful place, we were able to protect our relationship and our kids more than ever. Let me, let me say this to a spouse in here. You're protecting your kids, but you're not. Because your husband and your wife need to know What's going on so that you can protect them together in unity? And if you're a husband and a, or a wife in here and they tell you something and you blow off the handle, you get all upset, stop and be one and go to the Lord in prayer together. She said, trust has to be priority number one between the two people without trust there is nothing to build on. And let me say this. Let me say this. Marriage is trust. Marriage was always designed to be a trustworthy relationship. It was always made by God for you to come together with, the, with these, uh, these special vows uh, when you say your vows, uh, you speak about commitment, you speak about reliability, you speak about perseverance, you speak about forgiveness, you speak about longevity. And all these things, beloved, all these things form trust. And your trust in God's design for your marriage is a model and a reflection to your children. When we build the trust that God has designed for marriage, we're actually teaching our kids what marriage is supposed to be about. You see, trust is caught, not taught. I can tell Shauna, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. But if I break her trust, if I, if I step all over her, 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 her uniqueness, her, her love, all these things, if I step all over it, I'm not building trust. My words don't match up with my actions. Our actions speak louder than words. Trust is caught, 
not taught. You remember last week that we laid the foundation, and this is a foundation. If you're a young person, let, let, me tell you, let me tell you how I do my counseling. It's easy. It's easy, but it's hard. It's easy because God's given us a design. My premarital counseling is just like this. Genesis 2. Is Genesis 2. I talk about the design of marriage. It's not good for the man to be alone. I talk about how God formed woman out of man, right? And then the, the key verse is, is what we read last week, for this cause, 224, for this reason, for this cause, a man will say with me, well, what? Leave his father and mother. That tells us design, man, male, uh, leave, father, uh, mother, female, and male. That tells us the design of marriage. It's male, female. God teaches us a design. If you go against that, you're going against God's design. Don't blame me. I mean, don't get mad at me. Oh, you're hating. I'm not hating. I'm just giving you God's design. For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother and will cleave to his wife, and the two will become one. Not 1.2. Not 1.3. But immediately following, this is so good, immediately following, let me, let, me, let me just pause. Oh, my gosh, I'm running out of time. Let me see. Who needs, who needs time, right? Okay, pa pause real quick. Let me tell you my, my, my three um, uh, premarital counseling sessions. Number one, always Genesis 2, talking about leave become one, okay? The second thing is Genesis 3, the devil came into the garden and this perfect design was destroyed by the deception of the enemy, okay? The devil's still destroying marriages today. And then my last one is Ephesians 5, and we're going to see this played out right now. Ephesians 5 talks about the, the, the perfect design of marriage. Wives, respect your husbands. Uh, husbands, love your wives. And give yourself up for her. Sacrifice yourself for your wife. That's, if you do that, your marriage is always going to succeed. Okay? Now, two, 25, uh, chapter 2, verse 25 of Genesis says this. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. And so all the husbands in here are saying, see, honey, you know. <laughs> when we go to La Casa... But, when it, but I, want you to, I want you to grab a hold of this. this. This is important. When it says that Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed, it tells us that their lives were exposed to each other. Not only physically, beloved. You see, we, 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 we try to make it all physical. Not only physical, uh, physically, but they were, they were exposed to each other emotionally. They were exposed to each other resourcefully or financially there was nothing hidden they were they were exposed to each other socially everything was exposed to one another because they were naked and had no shame solomon he wrote this he said uh, the heart of her husband trust in her and he will have no lack of gain. In other words, it's exposed to him. 
They're open about everything. But, but grab a hold of this. Most people come into a second marriage guarded. Can I tell you why? Because their trust has been violated. Their trust has been broken. So instead of coming into the marriage naked, in other words, exposed and unashamed, you come into this next relationship naked and ashamed. You're afraid to expose yourself. You're hurt because you've maybe opened yourself to your ex-spouse and maybe through circumstances or whatever, trust has been broken. And this lack of trust feeds you with doubt and it begins to filter into your children and you guard your children. You, you, you may say things like, uh, I may, you might say things to your spouse, your, 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 this new blended family, you may say things, I may not always love you, but I will always love my children. I may not always be with you, but I will always be with my children. That's a statement of a lack of trust. That's a 1.3 oneness. That's a 1.4 oneness. That's a, I don't know if it's going to work, but if it doesn't work, I'm always going to have my kids. And, and so let me tell you what people do. Let me, let's just be real honest. This, this is what people do. We go into another relationship and you start having sex, right? You start, you start getting intimate and, and you're emotional, you're, your emotions, you get, this, you get this, this bond, this intimate bond, but it's not God's design. And let me, let me I have to say this because it's important. Sexual intimacy is good. How do I know that? Because so many people want to do it. <laughs> but it, it's good because God gave it to humanity in the confines of marriage. Young girl, young girl, young woman, you need to know this. When you start dating someone and they want to have sexual intimacy with you, which 99.9999% of guys are going to want to have sex with you. You tell them, I want to have sex with you too, but put a ring on my finger. Because that's where you build what? That's where you build trust. Here, here's the second, because uh, I got to go quick. I'm already five minutes past. But who's counting? Here's the second uh, important principle is you need to put some very, very good boundaries. Boundaries. Jesus said that every household divided against itself will not what? It won't stand. Lack of boundaries has a way of dividing a family. And you need, to, you need to grab a hold of this. This is so important. God doesn't give us boundaries to keep us from doing things. 
God helps us put boundaries to keep things from hurting us. Lack of boundaries will always destroy relationships. Because it'll break your trust. My daughter-in-law, she posted this, and I said, I said, Ishara, can I share this on Sunday? She, it was on her Facebook page, and, and I just love it. It says, don't allow your friends and your family to get between you and your spouse. Put boundaries, right? Don't associate with anyone who hates, disrespects, and dishonors your spouse. Make them clearly understand that you and your spouse are one. Anyone who truly cares about you will honor your choice of spouse and will treat your spouse with dignity and respect. Anyone who comes to you to gossip about your spouse is sowing seeds of division in your marriage. Stop them immediately. Shield your marriage. Protect your spouse's position, his image, her image, and reputation. Stand up in defense for each other. What God has joined together, let no man separate. You know what this post is, is, is telling us? Set healthy boundaries and protect your marriage. The reason I love Genesis 2.24 so much is it doesn't only speak to us about seasons. And I talked about that last week. So if you weren't here last week, listen to the podcast. Uh, but it speaks to us when it says, for this cause a man leaves his father and mother. It speaks to us about boundaries. You see, a, a, a husband who's never left his father and mother is not setting up proper boundaries. And Hispanics are notorious for that. Latinos, I know that. Latinos and Latina moms, I made a mijito. I can't believe that. I can't believe you're doing that to mijito. You didn't even make tortillas today. What are you doing? <laughs> See, healthy boundaries protect your marriage. And healthy boundaries protect your children. Did you know that if you don't ever set healthy boundaries with your children and you let them come in and drive a wedge in the, in the, in the relationship, and I'm talking about even biological parents, if you know how many of my teenagers try to, they'd come to me and then they'd go to Shauna, or they, first of all, they'd go to Shauna, because I usually gave in. They went to Shauna and asked her, hey, can we do this? And then, they, and then she'd say no, and they'd come to me. I got smart. After about five years. <laughs> After five years, I said, what did your mother say? No, no. See, we, we sometimes want to play the hero, right? Daddy said, yes, daddy said, yes, I love daddy. But then mama wasn't happy. When mama's not happy, nobody's happy. Look at, look at what the husband said. I love it, man. This is, this, he's, he was an atheist. He was an atheist. But let's read what happened to his life. He says, before I met my wife, my family was more of a tribe where I allowed many different voices and opinions to guide my decisions and choices. And remember, at this point in my life, I made no place for the guidance of Jesus Christ. Once I met my wife, all that had to change. I had to put her first and cancel all the other options. And 
I didn't know how to do that. I ran around trying to please everybody and fix everything on my own. And I didn't have the knowledge, strength, or wisdom to fix everything on my own. When I realized that, I was at a very low point. I thought my marriage was over, my relationship with my daughter destroyed, and other family relationships were badly damaged. I had no one to turn to but God. So long story short, I let him take the wheel. You see, there, there may be someone here today. We're not done with him, by the way. There's a lot more. There may be someone in here today that doing marriage God's way is very foreign to you. Placing boundaries is foreign. You're listening to the tribe that's surrounding you. And the voices that you're listening to, hear me now, are contrary to God. It was foreign to him. He was the captain of, a, of, a, of this uh, fire department, and, and he's, he, 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 was, he was looked upon by a lot of people. He was a good person in most people's eyes, but his marriage was failing, and his parenting was failing. But he turned to God, and his marriage changed, and his daughter and his stepkids are better because he turned to God. And the third principle, beloved, that you have to put into your home is love. And respect. I'm going to tell you something that might kind of uh, throw you for a loop, but it shouldn't. But marriage works 100% of the time when we do it God's way. Not 99% of the time, 100% of the time. When a husband and a wife decide to submit themselves to God's plan for their marriage, it will work 100% of the time because God's ways are flawless. His wife wrote this in, in the middle of everything. She said this. She said, you taught us to have an Ephesians 5 marriage. Can I tell you something? I never give anybody my own words. When I'm when I'm talking to them about marriage, when I'm talking to them about direction in their life, I, I, I never give them my own words because my own words will fall short, but God's word will prevail. God's word never changes. Ephesians 5, in, 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 in just in short, says this, wives, Submit yourself to your own husbands, and, I, and this is vital. Submit yourselves to your own husbands, as to the Lord. And husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Wife, let me tell you something. The devil will work double time keeping you from respecting your husband. And I'll tell you why the, the devil will work double time keeping you from respecting your husband. Because your husband needs one thing in life, and that one thing that he needs is respect. You compare them, you compare your husband to another guy, you compare their husband to their dad, you compare their husband to, to this or that, you're disrespecting your husband. Pray for your husband. Stand in the gap. The devil's going to work overtime to keep you from that. Husbands, you need, to know, you need to know this. The devil will work overtime, overtime to keep you from loving your wife. 
You'll belittle her. You'll talk down to her. You'll treat her like a sex object because he doesn't want for you to love her sacrificially. How do I know that? Because the devil works double time in my life. For me to belittle my wife, there's these temptations. I can't believe she's treating you this way. She's not respecting you. You're the king of the house. You are, you are, you know, you are the vato. And then I go to Shauna and I say, what do you need, honey? <laughs> Wives, if, if you respect your husbands, that's what he needs. Husbands, if you love your wives, that's what they need. The, the husband wrote this, and I love it. He's, he's wrapping it up. He says, through the teachings, oh, man, let's just stop right there. Through the teachings of Jesus. Here's an atheist, Right? who did everything his own way and everything failed. He said, through the teachings of Jesus, I was able to defeat my biggest challenge, silencing the other opinions and giving my wife her voice and defending the choices that her and I made together as a team. All I had to do the whole time was step out of the way and put God first. Some of you guys are still putting your parents first. I just got that right now in my spirit. Some of you are still putting your parents first in your marriage. Religion. 